Everyone for tuning in with us tonight. We have Tamaria Jordan in the house with us tonight. Rodney is out playing, so we decided we'd play as well, right, Tamaria? How are you? <laughs> good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good on this lovely Tuesday night. I'd say it's been a very peaceful and kind of calm day. So I got to to do my walk at Shelby Farm. I hadn't did that in, in quite a while. And I say that's my place of peace. So it's been a great day. I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for coming on with me tonight and doing this because I know you'd probably rather be asleep right now considering your condition. (laughs) So, (laughs) Oh, no, I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting (laughs) me to participate. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. So, you guys, if, if, if you don't know, and I'm sure that you do tonight. Tonight we're talking about pregnancy. Um, just kind of just just touching the surface of it, uh, what women go through, and I guess men as well. We'll we'll, we'll include you guys tonight because I do know some men experience. I've heard that men experience uh, sometimes nausea as well. I think that's so so interesting. I, I really really do. And as I thought about this, I wish I could dig, dig deeper into that or even just interview some men who kind of get not not just a little bit, um, but a lot, get, that they are affected a lot by by their wife's or, or whatever pregnancy. Because like, I've heard guys, you know, say, I go through this and that, but I wonder if there's a guy that just kind of got the bulk of it. 
And again, I think that's even beyond what I can imagine because you think about the guy is not carrying the baby, but still right. there's a connect to that, you know, to that pregnancy. There's a, such a connection that we can't even explain or even maybe think about because I can't say that I've thought about it before now, but there's such a connection. And to me, that's just another God moment. There's such a connection there, that energy um, that is so go can go so deep until the Father is affected. And I just think that's such, that's just, to think about it is just amazing, I guess is the word. It's absolutely amazing. So I would agree. That's <laughs> talking about. Um, what did you say, Tamara? Oh, I just said I would agree. Um and surprisingly, my coworker said that happened to her husband. That's how she knew she was pregnant, because her husband <laughs> got sick. And I was like, wait, oh. what? That, like, that's a real thing? Apparently it is, and it's called Kuvade syndrome. It's a condition where the father-to-be experiences pregnancy symptoms like weight gain, nausea, insomnia, and mood swings. It's actually rather common, apparently, according to Parenting.com. Ninety percent of men experience at least one pregnancy-like symptom. That's Ninety, weird. and what is it called, Mary? What do they call that? Um, Kuvade syndrome, C-O-U-V-A-D-E syndrome. I have never heard of this before. <laughs> this is interesting. And so they say ninety percent of men experience at least one symptom. Surprisingly, yeah, I guess. That's interesting. I mean, maybe I can see the mood swings being the one, <laughs> the one area that men might experience just because they're <laughs> they're pregnant, um, significant other, their wife, like they're going through mood swings. So maybe that impacts them. I don't know. That's really interesting, though. Yeah, I, and again, I think it's just because um, I've I've heard even you know for for. Um, Couples that are not married and living in the same home, I've heard where a man would have, you know, and the most I hear about is just getting nausea, that, that the most men, you know, experience that. But I think that is just, I don't know, to think about that because, you know, again, I think that speaks so much on energy and connection and how we talk about um, soul ties and things like that. I think, you know, we're all just a bundle of energy as well, and 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 know people don't like to hear that. And if you, sometimes if you say that, they think, oh, she doesn't believe in God and all that. Um, absolutely right. not saying here, but I just think just to think about things like that, it's just amazing. It's it's amazing because you know, like when you when somebody can walk in a room, and you can feel their energy. I don't. If, I mean, you could just you could feel the energy for some, not all, but sometimes you could just feel energy there. Um, I just think that is amazing. I didn't know that there was such a syndrome, and I certainly didn't. I never would have thought that 90% of men experience at least one symptom. I I see that as being very high. I would agree. (laughs) I don't know who they surveyed, but. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And then I wonder, you know, if it has something to do with, like out of the ninety percent of men, are they men that are in the home, you know, married and that kind of thing to the woman they live together, that kind of thing? I wonder if the 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 connection, if that makes a difference, you know, living arrangements and that kind of thing, the 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 uh, depth of the relationship. I just wonder. 
um, if if men who are more connected um, have more symptoms, I should say deeper connected, you know. So that's interesting. Right. But we're not going to give the men uh, this this show tonight. We'll just include them a little bit. We're going to talk about the women since since we are the <laughs> we house these babies. <laughs> so this we're going to talk about. <laughs> As we house them for nine months, they take over, and it's it's been a long time for me. But boy, do I remember those! Uh, I re- I just remember the most the most the thing that I remember the most is my cravings. They were so crazy, and it's like you can't control it. You just you gotta have what you're craving, no matter what. You just have to have it. Um. And so that's what I remember the most. And we were talking about this um, just before the J- July 4th. Um, we were talking about this at a barbecue, and uh, this this young young lady, she had had a baby. Her baby was like four months, uh, about four months old now. And she said she craved French fries. And she's she's this particular, you know, she's very particular with what she eats. What she doesn't eat, she's a healthy eater, and so once she got pregnant, she said she would be in anybody's drive-thru. I just want to order fries. She had to have them every day, and she felt bad every because she's feeding a baby. Uh, now, well, she said she experienced that during her entire pregnancy. She oh said she God. just wanted. <laughs> yeah, and so she, um, she said she just would get them, and she said that um, she felt bad, you know, because. She was giving it to the baby, but still, you know, it's 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 just I don't think people, well, men, I'll say men, because any woman that's been pregnant understands how that craving comes, and like if you can do nothing about it other than give me what I'm craving and let it be. And I've heard women say, you know, that they'll crave that one thing, and then they'll get it, and they take maybe one or two bites. Now I didn't have that that issue. I would want the entire whatever it was. I wanted it all. Um, so I didn't experience that. So what we'll do, Tamaria, um, I'm just gonna do the little housekeeping thing, and then I'm gonna turn it over to you. I do have some questions for you, but I'm gonna turn it over to you and let you tell the people, you know, how far along you are, what you kind of went through your first trimester and that kind of thing, and then I have some questions as well. But for those of you who are listening, our topic tonight is nine months, ready, set, go. And we're talking about um, pregnancy, what people, what women and men go through during this time, um, and and just trying to bring some understanding. And, I, and I, my hope is that men will take the time to listen to this show um, and, and be a bit more considerate uh, because even if you're consider, considerate now, gosh, during that time you can you can be even more. I mean, you can always add to it because the sensitivity, just just everything. I don't I don't think people just really think about the body changes and the mental and the just everything. So that's our topic for tonight. For those of you who are listening. By phone, uh, please select the number one if you have a question or a comment. If you're listening uh, through the chat line and it is open, you can submit your comments and questions there, and I will certainly get to those as quickly as possible. If you're listening by way of Facebook, uh, 
iTunes and all of that, we don't get to see those numbers during the show. So you can send me a message, uh, and I'll get to it, or you can just call in, 818-691-7406. Again, 818-691-7406. I'm not going to go into the trash can, baby, tonight. Um, if you want to know about that, just, just uh, I may do it at the end of the show, but you can listen to a former show and, and pick up on that. So, Tamaria, tell us, um, just kind of start wherever you'd like to start. Just share some, I love what you just shared about the, I can't even say the Covain syndrome. Is that what it is? Covade syndrome? Uh, Covade? I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but (laughs) that sounds right. (laughs) That's what it looks like. Yeah, that's interesting. (laughs) I'm going to do some research on that because I have never heard of that and certainly would not have thought that 90% of men experience symptoms, at least one symptom, wouldn't have never thought that. But just kind of introduce us into your world right now. Share as, as much or as little as you like. And like I said, I have some questions to ask of you. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Tammy. Um, so as Tammy mentioned, I am expecting, and tomorrow will actually be week 26. So we're moving along pretty quickly. And every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, well, we'll be delivering the baby here soon in 14 weeks, which is not a whole lot of time. Um, but starting from the beginning, the very first trimester, um, I actually didn't know I was pregnant. <laughs> I In January, I ended up getting sick. I had um, an upper respiratory infection and bronchitis. And, of course, I was just like, okay, like it's just a regular cold, not thinking much of it. My husband and I, um, went on a trip to Minnesota while I was pregnant. And the funny thing is I got on a roller coaster um, at Mall of America and the seat wouldn't, like the um, the lap bar wouldn't go down. And I was thinking, oh, I must be bloated. I was like, man, I didn't realize I had gained <laughs> some weight, but I, didn't, I couldn't get the lap bar down. Eventually it locked and I was able to stay on the ride, but obviously I didn't think I was pregnant. So fast forward to February, um, there was a strep throat going around the office, and unfortunately, uh, people don't always uh, either cover their mouth appropriately or wash their hands, and so I caught it, and that is when I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> I went to patient first for strep throat. I was taking antibiotics, and my symptoms hadn't disappeared after a few days. I actually ended up with more symptoms. So when I went back to the doctor, they said, is it possible that you're pregnant? And I was like, not that I'm aware of because I didn't think I was. And they were like, well, we'll just check anyway. And they also checked me for the flu. So they came back. They said the flu test was negative, but you're pregnant. <laughs> um, <laughs> at the time, I didn't know how to respond. My, my initial response was I cried because I was just I was terrified because I had went to my OB in October, and she told me, don't even think about getting pregnant until I lost some weight. So I was trying, I was in the process of trying to lose weight. Um, Starting in like October of last year, I started going to I Love Kickboxing, and then towards the end of November, early December, I started experiencing some bad pain in my foot. So I wasn't able to get into a podiatrist until January, so I had stopped working out. So obviously when they told me I was pregnant in February, I was terrified because I was thinking the the absolute worst, that I was going to have all these issues and problems because of my weight. So I like to consider myself 
uh, plus size, but, um, you know, I, I don't, I guess to some people I don't look big, but um, I am plus size, and I enjoy plus size modeling. So I was thinking, like, hey, I'll work on my health before I get pregnant. So I kept pushing it off. I told Rodney a year, and then a year came, and I was like, maybe two years. Then two years, we're approaching, well, actually, we just hit two years the beginning of July. Um, but I'm pretty sure I would have kept putting it off because I was afraid. Um, so back in it, back up to February, after finding out I was pregnant, I decided to surprise Rodney, so I went and got a card. Um, from CVS when I picked up the rest of my medicine, <laughs> and it was a card that just talked about how, um, you know, God's miracles are a blessing. And so when he got home from work, I gave him the card, and I print, I gave him the printout from Patient First, and he actually had walked into the bathroom, and I heard him laughing when he finally opened the card and realized that we were pregnant. <laughs> like, he was really excited. He was like, what, Really? So it was um, definitely an exciting moment um, after I got over the initial shock because I was at the doctor's office by myself. But my first trimester was very smooth, surprisingly. I didn't have any um, morning sickness. I was nauseous from time to time. Just the smell of things um, would get to me to where I wouldn't want to eat. Um, so I actually didn't start gaining weight until, like, week 20. Um, but for me, I was actually happy about that because they told me, to try not to gain more than 15 pounds. And for the first trimester, I thought I was considered high risk. In the beginning of the second trimester, they told me that I wasn't. But thank God all of our tests have come back normal. I most recently had the four-hour diabetes screening, and that also came back normal. So I just thank God for, uh, for blessing us and allowing the pregnancy to be relatively smooth aside from a little, bi- a little bit of sciatic pain and back pain. So I'd say overall it's been um, decent. I have had a little bit of the baby blues, um, which is also it could be described as antipartum depression, um, but I think part of that is due to the fact that I'm also anemic, and I found out that that could cause those same feelings. So I think it's a combination of those things, and I've been taking iron, but it's one of those things where you don't really know what it is. You don't know if it's caused by stress. You don't know if it's because of a low blood count. You don't know if it's the pregnancy, but you know that all of those things are technically working together. Um, but I'm happy to report that I, uh, the baby blues, at least for this week, I'm feeling pretty good. So I'm, I'm excited and talking to the baby and um, just hoping that the rest of the pregnancy goes smoothly as well. So, Tamarius, you may have said this, and I might have missed it. How far along, what what trimester were you in when you originally found out? Were you still in the first? Still in the first. I found out when, that's a great question. How many weeks was I? So let me see. I Oh, you know what? I was a month. So I was four weeks going into my fifth week. Okay. Okay. So I found out on the 12th of February. And the fifth week was the 14th. Okay. Okay. I heard you say that your first trimester was was, was um, okay, and, you know, that made me think, I wonder how many weeks did you have to go through that? Because I know some women find out later, you know, later than sooner and, and vice versa. Um, I do have a question for you, and, and this came up today as I was uh, talking uh, talking to a friend about um, – 
I wondered if there was anything to it with with women who are carrying girls who who are having girls and um he had he he had asked me he said um is that normal you know for women who are carrying girls to be so tired all the time and I was like you know I don't I don't I don't know um and something came to mind as I was just kind of contemplating that in my head um uh, because well I'll say this for instance, okay, Tamara, I'm going to ask you since we we have you on. How much time okay. do you spend on any type of social media? Like, if you had to calculate per day, how much time do, would you would you say that you spend on social media? And that's Twitter, all that stuff, or even just looking at the computer. Oh, looking at uh, well, looking at the computer that is definitely at least eight to ten hours a day <laughs> because of my job. But um, then when you tack on like looking at social media or the internet, when I get home from work, it's probably a total of thirteen to fourteen hours a day. Um, mm. Wow! And I deleted the Facebook app and like Instagram app recently, like last week. Um, when I was just feeling a little weird, I was like, I think I need a break because there's so much information and so much stuff. And then I sit in front of a computer all day long. So I found not looking at Facebook when I got off was helpful or Instagram. Um, because one thing that I've noticed during the pregnancy, um, and I guess I should have mentioned this is, and I've talked to Rodney about this as well, is a lot of women apparently, this is common, you feel very self-conscious when you're pregnant. Um, so looking at social media was not helpful because I would look at people and I'd be like, oh, they look so cute pregnant. And then I would look at, I would compare myself and be like, oh, you look so big or you look whatever. And I'm like, why am I even looking at this stuff? Or like you only see the good parts of pregnancy. And I know you and Rodney have talked about this on the show. Comparison truly is the thief of joy because you look at people and you assume that they have an easy pregnancy and a lot of people don't, like, we don't post, like, when we're really having a rough time. Like, I don't post, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired, I'm exhausted. I was napping all the time. I thought it was because I was sick at the beginning of the pregnancy. But I'm just tired all the time because I'm pregnant and I'm still anemic, even though I've been taking iron pills for two months. And it's just it's just draining, and I work all day. So I, I wonder if anything on a computer doesn't help. Right, because you know studies show because because when as we were talking about that today, I thought that just out of out of nowhere, you know, I start thinking about well, you know what? It's not so it's not as normal as I see it today. I don't remember it being that way because um, yes, I had my days and even people, friends and things that I knew, you know, were pregnant and they went through it. They weren't as tired as I hear. Um, even young women say that they are today. And so I when I thought about you and the two more women that I know that are that are pregnant, I I wasn't sure about you, but I know they spend a lot of time on searching social media and that kind of thing. And so I wonder if that has something, you know, I know you have your regular uh fatigue um, and then adding a, a, a pregnancy to it, you know, brings about more. But 
it's a different kind of tired. And so when I thought about, wow, even a few weeks ago, and I'm certainly not pregnant, but a few weeks ago I spent a lot of time on my computer going. I had, I had taken a training, and so I went back and I just kept listening to it day after day after day. And I found myself just feeling exhausted, like the kind of exhaustion that you cannot explain, almost like a depressed exhaustion. And Brandon was like, Mom, every time I call you and every time I come over, you are in front of that computer looking at that training. You cannot do that because the computer, is that's not good for you mentally. So I wonder, and, and, and I, maybe you should try this, Tamaria, just take a day or two. See if you can go a weekend with no social media because you have to work, so maybe a Saturday and a Sunday. No social media, no computer. And see how you feel. I I'd like definitely to know. think I would feel better. <laughs> I totally do. Um, yeah, I, I, I just wonder about that because, again, like the other two – Women, they they um they're on there quite a bit. I, you know, you, can, you they're just on there quite a bit. And so I wonder, is is this a mental? Is this a mind thing? Because it says engaging with social media can drain your brain, and that's a tire that you cannot. It's 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 like you cannot get enough rest to get that back. That's something you kind of have to just, it takes time for your brain and your mind to settle and to get back into, um, I guess, just to, to shift back into the center of your gravity, so to speak. This, just the, the total being, the silence that, we, that the mind needs in order to generate, um, I don't know, whatever you need to not be so tired. So. I, and I'm going to share it with the other two women as well. But I just, I just, I just thought about that today, and I just wanted to, to see because you said 13, about 13 hours. That's a long time. That's a very oh, long. Yeah. Time. Yeah, and it's a very long. Because I don't know. My grandmother and I talked about this, so it's interesting you bring up like social media and just being on a computer and the impact because they do say the artificial light. Um, prevents you from having real good, deep, restorative sleep, like you're asleep but not really, and so you do wake up tired. But my grandmother, because I had mentioned to her I use the Ovia pregnancy app, and there's a lot of information on there. It's more so like just giving you updates on what to expect when you're expecting, but day by day what might be happening, how your baby's developing. So I say that's good. But I have read articles where other women have indicated that social media has not been helpful. Um, and there's an article that this young lady wrote in Women's Health where she said she was cutting back on social media because she said that she just found herself second-guessing her choices. And she said having so much access to information can be overwhelming especially for a first-time mom. And then she said she compared herself to other Insta moms on her feed. <laughs> um, and it, it's interesting because I think it's the same thing with just our mental health overall. Social media, I'm pretty sure that more people are probably depressed these days because you're seeing things that you think is reality that may not be. Um, even like postpartum, like bodies and people expecting to look like these celebrities, 
a lot of them have had work done, and so people are expecting to have a baby, and then their body snap back, or they have, like, perky breasts, a small stomach, like, everything is looking tight, but apparently there's this new thing where people are getting liposuction. They're scheduling C-sections, and they're getting liposuction right after. So you think about right after people pregnancy? who are, like, mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's crazy because you see these people and you think, like, that's reality, and then you have an unrealistic view. Your partner, like, your spouse may have an unrealistic view of what a woman's supposed to look like after a baby because of social media and a lot of things that we see, it's not even real. Um, so I can see why this young lady said she took a detox from social media because it is a lot of information. And my grandmother, she said that to me. She was like, I never knew all of that stuff. She was like, you just got pregnant. You barely went to the doctor. You saw the doctor every blue moon if something was going wrong with the baby. And then you had the baby. That was it. Whereas now it's like apps and Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and ideas and all types of stuff that we didn't that people didn't have access to before and it probably helped them mentally because they weren't afraid of the crazy things that could happen because you also see those articles too on social media or those sad stories and you're thinking like I hope that won't be me which then creates another level of anxiety because you're scared because you don't know what your delivery will be like because you see the horror stories. Wow. And I, I remember you mentioning that, just that, the, you know, the fear that sets in. And I do agree with even just with people not being pregnant that, that uh, we spend way too much time, far too much time on social media, and it can, it can send you into that comparison mode and imagine with – being pregnant, and and I read an article. I read in an article too that about eighty percent of moms have the baby blues. And so imagine if you log on and you see all this, um, all this stuff that perhaps was not for you is not for you. And I know even with not being pregnant, I found myself praying, God, <clears throat> let me see only what you need me to see, even on Facebook. And it's amazing because a lot of things I don't see. Like, I literally have to go searching to see stuff now, and I don't do that very often. Every now and then I'll I'll go through here and there, but I can only imagine, you know, being pregnant and seeing some of the things um, and just what what it does to a woman who's pregnant who's already Again, you know, the center of their gravity is already shifting. You know, the body changes, the eating habits, lack of sleep that you get just from the body changes. Um, All that stuff, the morning sickness, all of that, um, feeling like you're gaining too much weight. Sometimes I, I I can see where if I was pregnant now, I don't remember doing it back then, but thinking, you know, am I going to be able to perhaps if you gain a lot of weight, you know, what am I going to do after after have this baby, getting all this weight? I could see my head just going into the future, you know. Is my baby going to be okay? All this stuff. So imagine then seeing all the extra stuff on Facebook, on Twitter, on Snapchat, right. all of that, how much it consumes and takes away from from us mentally without being pregnant. So add all the stuff that a pregnant pregnancy brings, and, boy, that sounds like 
just a recipe for disaster. So interesting, interesting. Let's see, what are the questions? Um, so you found out your first trimester. Okay, how has, have you been able to distinguish a significant difference in your, between your first and second trimester? And you're still in your, are you in your, are you still in your second or you're in your third? Still in my, still in my second. Um, and I don't know, because that was another thing I read. Um, I read like, oh, it's so much better your second trimester, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, I'm still tired. <laughs> so I think it just depends on the person. I will say that, one, because I didn't know I was pregnant for half of the first trimester or like almost half, it wasn't really, I, I, it's almost like the pregnancy symptoms started to appear more because I knew I was pregnant, if that makes sense. Like, when I didn't know I was pregnant, I just assumed that the symptoms were because I was sick. But then once I found out I was pregnant, then a lot of the stuff I was experiencing, I just, I knew where it was coming from. But then I think sometimes it's mind over matter, like, Things that may not be that bad may seem worse because you know that it's coming. Um, and sometimes what was really freaky is I would have a symptom and then I would see it in the app the very next day. Like it would show up in the app and say, right about on this time in your pregnancy, you might be experiencing this, um, like round ligament pain or just random stuff that happens apparently when you're pregnant. Um but I'd say it's been about the same. I actually wasn't eating a whole lot the first semester. I said first semester, first trimester. Um, so Rodney was concerned because I wasn't eating and I wasn't drinking enough water. And so I was losing weight the first trimester. And actually I was losing weight into the second trimester too. Not a lot, but I just wasn't gaining any weight at all. I just, like I said, I started gaining weight at like week 20. Um, which is fine because the doctor's fine with that because I didn't gain a lot of weight. And I, I still don't eat a lot of food. Um, they say you're supposed to eat more small meals. I'd say during the second trimester I've been able to eat more than the first because I had food aversion where I just didn't want stuff. Um, and then in terms of exercising, I think I would have been able to exercise more except for the fact that I fell down the stairs in May Um so I, went, I sprained my right ankle and I broke my left big toe. So that kind of slowed me down a little bit. So I think mm. it's just been a lot of different things. But pregnancy-wise, it hasn't been a huge difference in the first and second trimester for me because I didn't have the morning sickness. It was just the smells were overwhelming and I just didn't want to eat because I didn't know what I wanted to eat, and a lot of times I would try something and I wouldn't want it. And I would have weird cravings from time to time, like I'll drink pickle juice, but I know it's not good for me to have too much salt, so I try not to drink it. Well, I did drink the whole thing, but not at one time. I would just pace myself because I really wanted pickle juice. So I would eat a pickle, and then I would drink pickle juice. I would stand it over the sink and drink pickle juice straight from the jar. Then I would put the jar back in the fridge. 
And then I drink okay, some more. Okay, so were you eating? Well, okay, so, but that wasn't a craving you had prior to pregnancy, pickle juice, right? No, I hadn't had pickles in I don't know how long, like probably oh. years since maybe high wow. school. And I was and like, see, I want pickles one day. That's what's so amazing to me to just, because it's, it's, it's as if this, this, because you think, and you were about how many months do you think, or weeks, how, what what month do you think you were in your pregnancy at that time where you were drinking the pickle juice, craving and drinking the pickle juice? Like, I started at month four wanting pickles. But it's weird. It's like you said, like, some people say they have a craving and they don't have it anymore. Like, I was craving a pralines and cream Baskin-Robbins cake. Um, but I had been wanting one for years, but I never went and got it. But when I was pregnant, I found that cake. And I got the cake. And I ate, like, maybe three slices of the cake, and then I, we tossed it in the trash last week. But I wanted what? that cake for my birthday, and all the years before I wanted it, I never got it. I haven't had a pralines and cream ice cream cake since I was in high school when my grandmother used to get them from Baskin Robbins. I was probably 15, but I sure enough found that cake this year, <laughs> and I brought it's it home. <laughs> because... Like at at the fourth month, um, I'm I'm looking at the pregnancy stages and it says um, the fourth month begins the second trimester. The baby's bones are hardening and will sh- and will now show up on an X-ray. The baby is about five inches long and weighs about five ounces. And I remember, um, let's see. I was trying to think what month they say the baby can begin to, let's see, the fifth month, maybe that's what it is. But but anyway, to think about this, like there's this little life growing in you who that is not completely formed. I mean, just just not completely formed, but apparently there is something that is happening that gives you these cravings out of nowhere, something that you've not craved before, and it takes over your body in such a way until you have to have it. Like you would literally get up in the middle of the night if you have to, and you will go find it or something comparable to it. That, to me, again, that right. that is just as amazing as the fathers or the men um having one symptom or that syndrome that they have most all the, the the symptoms. It's just amazing to me because it's like that this little life takes over this 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 life of yours. And I can see right. where someone go into that, um, you know, with all that. Not Like you don't have, like where's my life, <laughs> you know. I have control over nothing, my body anymore, my feelings, my emotions. <laughs> Uh, what I want to eat, like you lose, you, you. It's almost like you lose it to this life that's growing, growing inside of you, and it comes differently depending on the different stages. So I, I just find that fascinating. So, what, what, what do you think has been the most difficult for you doing this process? Um, the most difficult. Not being able to do stuff like I normally would, so I think I can do whatever I want to do. So, like tonight, I told Tammy earlier, I thought I could unload some more boxes 
and go grocery shopping, work all day, cook, wash dishes, and I started having some severe pains in my back. Well, I've been having them pretty much for the last three weeks off and on, um, and the doctor said it's just it's normal to have the back pain, but I want to do what I want to do. We moved recently, and I'm trying to hurry up and get the house in order. Um, and as Tammy said, my husband's um, busy right now, so he's he's out enjoying himself, which is good. I'm glad he's getting a chance to do that. But then I think I can do stuff in his absence, like lifting boxes, and he's probably going to get me when he sees what I've done. But I literally have been lifting boxes like I'm not pregnant. Until I hurt myself, like, Wednesday night, trying to lift stuff. And uh, Rodney was taking some of the furniture out. He didn't know what I was doing, but by the time he got home, I had, like, muscle spasms in my hip because I thought I could do it. So that's probably the hardest thing is thinking I can bend the same way, I can lift and carry stuff, I can move as quickly as I used to move. I went for a walk today, and I was so out of breath. And I was like, oh, whew, like I'm not even walking that fast. But I think it's just realizing the limitations that your body has because organs are shifting and your body is carrying another life. You're not going to be able to do things at 100% like you were before. So that is difficult because if you're mm-hmm. like me, you don't stop <laughs> until your body wow. Your body makes you stop, and and that goes yeah. back to you 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 try to gain and and I wonder, so like for instance, you, it sounds like you try to gain control or just just be who you know you are to be and do what you know you need to do, but again, just as this little person says, I want to eat this or something inside of you craves that pickle juice, then that same something says to you. Uh, we can't keep doing this. <laughs> I'm not doing this. So you got to sit down. Like it's right. almost like I hear women explain their fatigue or how they feel like uncontrollable. Like I cannot keep my eyes open. I have to go to sleep. Almost is it's it's equivalent to the craving of that food or of like that pickle juice. Like I have to go to sleep right now. Like <laughs> like no changing it right now. So again, and and I wonder if. I, I know most men, and of course they 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 can't because, you know, they they just they they have not had that experience, so um, they cannot know completely and fully what or understand, you know. I guess they they can know because right. we can share it, we can tell them, um, but they won't. They may not fully and completely understand. Because sometimes it's just some things it's hard to understand. It's just hard to imagine my stomach growing, you know, with the exception of them, you know, maybe getting the beer belly or gaining weight or something like that, but just something totally taking over your body for nine months. And then, you know, that's not, that is, that's not even the meat of it because you have to now deliver this, this seven, eight, nine pound, whatever it is, six, seven, eight, you have to now have birth this child. You have to give birth to this child. And for some, you know, twins and so forth. And that's another phase of it because now 
you've given up the nine months uh, to this little one, and now it's forever. You know, you, even with the, the the feedings and the diaper changes and, you know, the personalities and things like that, like you become totally, um, well, this little person becomes totally dependent upon, you know, the mom and dad. And let's just face it, for the most part, moms do the bulk of the work. I mean, they do the bulk of the work, and that's just kind of the way it is. Um, so let's see here. Yeah, let's let's do this. Absolutely. Thank you, Mary. So for those of you who are listening by way of phone, if you have something to add, maybe you're pregnant, you've been pregnant, share your stories with us, ask your questions. Mary Jordan is, uh, of course, you guys know this, but wife of Rodney Jordan, our co-host for the Butterfly Evolution Show. Rodney's on vacation um, so we decided we'd play a little bit as well. So we're talking, uh, tonight's topic is nine months, ready, set, go, and we're just discussing, um, you know, nothing in particular other than the woes, the good, the bad, the ugly of pregnancy, you know, the body changes, the emotional changes, the food uh, cravings and things like that. So if you have something to share, feel free to press the number one, and we'll bring you into queue. Uh, by identifying your area code and the last four digits of the number that you're calling from. The chat line is also open. For those of you who are listening there, just submit your questions, comments, and we'll get them out to you as well. So, uh, Tamari, anything that you would like to add, anything you, you thought of or want to share additionally? Um, so I have a question for you. So when okay. you were pregnant, did you ever get nervous? that, like, when you don't feel the baby moving all the time, like, I've been asking my grandmother that, because she had four kids, and um, she said she doesn't remember giving birth to them, because I guess when she was delivering her kids, they used to, like, knock women out. They called it twilighting. Um, So she doesn't remember the actual birth process, but I asked her, like, if she ever got nervous about, like, not really feeling the baby, but she said she used to do her regular stuff. So I wonder if that was the same experience like you had where, like, did you worry at all or not really? You know what? I don't remember worrying. Um, you know, every now and then you, you just, you have the thought, Lord, you know, and my thoughts would be those the, those little prayers, you know, God, I pray that I have a healthy baby. That that And beyond that, I did not worry. And I... Um, I probably worried about pregnancy before I got pregnant more than I worried about it while I was pregnant because I was I just I had just decided that I didn't want kids like I didn't I I was I had I was adamant that I did did not want children and uh, of course I have one but um, <laughs> so I did I worried more about just being a mom and having a healthy baby before I got pregnant which which led to that. That that decision that I didn't want to have kids, but that changed, and I my my pregnancy was quite different. I kind of didn't stop doing anything, and I had a doctor that said you can do whatever you want as long as you're comfortable. The minute it becomes any type of dis, you feel any 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 kind of discomfort, then stop. And so I can remember playing basketball. I can remember playing tennis. I, and I, you know, I shared on here that I love, love, love to dance. I remember going out dancing, and I can remember 
people looking at me like, I know she ain't got her pregnant self out here. It, but And I didn't care because I was doing what I loved. And that being said, I think it made all the difference in my, at the time of birth, because I had Brandon, like, I went to the hospital the night before, and my doctor said, you can do one or two things. You can stay here and go through it, or you can go back home. And his his, his thing, this must have been his motto, the minute you feel like, I cannot take this anymore, you come back. Well, okay. I did that, and I had Brandon like 48 minutes later after getting there. Oh, and wow. I remember was this at that time they came down with the wheelchair they got you know for me to get out of the car and I remember the guy who pushed me up there he was like you're not gonna have this baby they're gonna send you back home because he I was just kind of normal he didn't he just thought you know well, you're going home because you're too it's not enough pain or whatever something and I remember him coming back up purpose like made a purpose to come back to my was like I cannot believe you had that baby and so. But I had one of the best, I shouldn't say one because I've never had another one, but I hear other women talk about their stories. And so my doctor said, he said, I wish I had filmed you. And even to the point where he had told me about the shot, the epidural, is that what you call it? Yeah. Something like that. Well, he said he was an old school doctor. I didn't, and the reason I didn't, because that, now that made me a bit, fearful because he was this this is what he said if you get the if you if you go to the class I can and you decide you want the shot I can give it to you but he went through the whole spiel about it can leave you paralyzed if you do this if you do that and I wasn't willing to take that chance because I didn't know if I was disciplined enough to not move if he told me not to move that kind of thing right. so he now, basically, one way to assure that you don't get it is you don't go to the class because no matter what you say, I cannot give you that shot if you don't go to that class because, again, you know, it could do this, it could do that. And I I just, I was not willing to go through that part of it. So I didn't go to class, and he didn't give him the shot, but, but luckily he didn't have to. I, we It wasn't, it never got that bad, and I just always equated it to, my remaining active, which I really did right. stay active. I had a little bit of morning sickness um, and and not feeling so good, which is how I ended up finding out. And I was far along. I don't think I was like five months when I found out. And I was barely Oh, showing. wow. It was crazy. That my, my whole, it was crazy. I, I say God knew what he was doing. No. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and I was leaving that there, but I was, I, I, it was crazy. Cause, and I remember telling the doctor, I was like, no, I'm not. You do that again because I am not pregnant. She's like, well, I'll do it again. But I was a nurse because I went to the emergency room because I wasn't feeling good. And uh, I remember my grandmother making me go. She was like, you are not going to get here, get sick, and die on me. And I got to tell your mama, you going to the doctor. She had said that, you know, if I got sick again. And I just, I didn't know really what it was. But never in a million years had I thought pregnant. So, um, I didn't have, I, but, you know, so five months, you think, gosh, you only have, <laughs> you only have two more months to go. And, um, right. so it, yeah, it was, it was, I just didn't go through a whole lot and maybe I did, but I didn't associate it with the pregnancy because I didn't, I didn't think I was pregnant. So 
Um, oh wow! So I didn't I didn't have the fearful things. I was just kind of ready to come on. Let's do this. If you're gonna be here, let's just do it. <laughs> so, um, and that I, and I kinda, think that's cool. <laughs> it is. I think that women should stay as active as possible. Uh, even with walking, if it's just like if you could just take a walk, you know, I don't know, in your neighborhood, because um, I really, that's all I have to go on, but I really think it made a significant difference in in the in the actual birth, giving birth. And I, I, I don't know. So I could be wrong, but I just think that because he told me that, my doctor said, you know, do what you want, do, do, do you basically until – it becomes, you know, uncomfortable for you. So right. no, I don't. And don't remember having that. I think so. that's fantastic, and I think that's true though, um, because my fr- the first doctor I saw, um, not the one who told me to lose weight. I ended up requesting a different doctor, um, but the first doctor I saw after I found out I was pregnant, she said the same thing. She said I could keep going to kickboxing, except. I had plantar fasciitis, so I couldn't go to kickboxing. But um, <laughs> she said that I could keep going or I could keep doing stuff. And then, of course, when I felt that, like when I was in L.A., I went dancing and everything. So I probably still would have been doing And I, I even um, went through Zumba strong or strong by Zumba training while I was pregnant. I didn't know I was pregnant, of course. But... I was fine. Like, I did it, and I didn't have any issues. I think the fall kind of messed me up. Um, so that kind of put things on hold. But now that I'm feeling a little bit better, I've been getting back to doing things. Like, I helped with the move. I probably did more than I should have. But I was like, well, as long as I can move and it doesn't hurt. Like, when it starts hurting, that's when I stop. Like, tonight when I was having the spasms in my back, that forced me to stop. But I think you're absolutely right about being active, um, mm-hmm. and even like not having an epidural. That was why I was so fearful, and I cried when I found out I was pregnant. Because when I was in high school, there was a young lady who used to come into the pharmacy that I worked at, and she was like in her twenties, and she had been um, partially paralyzed from the epidural. She had like four kids, but the last one, I guess she must have moved. And she used to come in for these pain meds all the time, and she used to walk with a cane. And I just remember seeing that at 16, and that just made me terrified. So I was, like, not trying to have a kid for a long time. Right. And then when right. I married Rodney, I was like, I want to have a kid for him. Like, I want him to have a, be able to have a child. But at the same time, I explained to him that I was scared because I was scared of the delivery. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very, um, I think that's that's just natural way to feel because, you know, it is it is what it is that even, even giving birth, I shouldn't say even, but giving birth is, it's, it's, how can I say this without saying sounding harsh? But it's it's a very um, oh gosh, what's the word? It 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 can change your life. I say it's da- I want I, I want to say dangerous, but at the same time, I mean, could you guys think about it? You, I mean, we do. it kind of is. <laughs> we do, right? We do, and so 
it's natural to feel that way. But again, like I said, just hold on to your faith because there's there's really nothing we can do to change any anything about that. So you might as well embrace. And and again, I don't. And I had more fear before, you know, even going through the process than I ever had uh, during the process. So it was different. But I have a question because I heard you mention the trip that you went to and you were kind of out with your girls. And before the fall, I know that you, you thank God you're okay, but I, but I, before the fall, how did you feel? If you can go back to that time, how did you feel before the fall was your over your overall um, being, how did you feel just being able to hang out with your girls, kind of live a kind of be feel normal for for a day or two? How would how did it different as far as the fatigue, the mental stress, and so forth? How, was it different? Um, I'll say I wasn't really stressed out. Like I was just enjoying being in the moment because we went to L.A. Um, like I went on the Hollywood walk, like I was fine. I was looking forward to the hike. Now I did almost slide down the hill, but luckily one of the young ladies that's a friend of mine, she came back and held my arm to make sure I didn't fall. Um, but other than that, like I went out, we went to a club, uh, cause we were there celebrating a friend's, um, engagement at her upcoming wedding. So I was fine. I was still tired. And I took a nap, um, like, I, cause, because I was dozing off. So I, I still slept like I would have slept here um, because I was tired. But then the other thing that I was experiencing when I was there was it was a lot cooler. And I had brought with me, like, summer clothes. So one of the symptoms of pregnancy, like, at least that I've had, is my chest will hurt. And so, but it's, like, really painful when I'm cold <laughs> and I was miserable that first day in LA when it got like dark because it was like 70 degrees, but their 70 degrees felt like something else. I was like, Oh no, no, no. I was not prepared for this type of cold. So I was literally looking to buy a coat because like my chest hurt so bad because like, they, like my breasts were cold. And I've never had that kind of pain <laughs> before. So that was probably one of the things that was a little different. But other than that, like when I was warm, <laughs> as long as I was warm, I was good. But that cold air was, was hard because it, it was painful for me and very uncomfortable. But other than that, I was just fine. Okay, okay. Cause and I, luckily I, do I think... didn't fall to the last day of the trip. Right. I do think that sometimes we limit, uh, some women may limit, and I know there's some women that have to because they, they have more complications, but I think if I if I had to say to women, you know, again, try to be as normal as you can be and don't allow, don't don't compare your pregnancy to someone else's. Don't Don't measure what you can or cannot do based on someone else's experience. With pregnancy, because we are different people with different bodies, um, and we all go through things differently. So listen to your get first. Get a doctor that you can trust and that understands um, what you are experiencing. And again, I, I don't. I, I have nothing against 
male doctors, but um, and and ironically, you know, mine was a male doctor, but again, um, one that I'll say that you can trust and that's going to be honest with you and not bring about more fear about what you're going through that helps you see the positive side of it all. Um, because I think if you start to be fearful and think um, of what could happen, what what bad things could happen, then you lose just the sight of uh, and the beauty of it because there's so many positive things. Like, And maybe not every, I don't know if every woman experiences this. I'm sure they don't. But, you know, when you think about your hair, like I remember when, you, when you're seeing pregnant women, they had this glow, their hair was beautiful, um, and that could be the, the vitamins, I don't know. And I wonder why they don't all make all women just take prenatal vitamins all the time if, they, if it's the vitamins. Um, but there's so many positive um, things about being pregnant as well. Like I can, re- I can still to this day remember the first time that I saw Brandon move in my stomach to the point where my stomach looked as if it was a bumpy road, like, you know, like cars were running through. It was just, and to see that is amazing because you realize that there's there's life inside of my life um, growing, right. and I'm housing this 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 life um, that gives me all the the mood swings, gives that gives me the cravings. You know, there is there is beauty in that, and more than anything, I think if we really think about it more, we see get to see God in that, like creation. You know. Just, just it's it's beyond words. So, I would say just focus on that. Focus on the good part and enjoy the the journey because uh, once they're here, it's a whole nother journey. It's Mary, you haven't. This is just the beginning. This is, at least now, when you sit down, when you lay down, you know where that little one is, and da 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 da. Um, but boy, once they're out and they say, "Hey, this is a whole another world. I got more than what I just seen for the nine months." It's it's a whole another ball game. So, um, and I guess as we work to bring it to a close, I know, and we didn't touch on like depression, stress, some of the symptoms because again, the 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 center of of a woman's gravity is shifting. There's there's all types of transformation that's going on not just with the body, not just the visible things that, that she can see and we can see, um, or even their mate, the mate can see. There's so many other things that happens during that time that a woman don't share and sometimes feel like they can't share. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we have women that have depression, they're more distressed. I heard you mention, Tamari, the sensitivity to smell, um, it's like your whole, like your life is just, it is your life is not your own anymore. Even though it's not, but it's like you just so much changes. You know your body, and you may feel the, the mood swings, not as attractive. All these things are going on, and then you still have life. You're still expected to be right. this phenomenal woman, this great employee, this. Great wife, this great daughter, this great friend, and you got all these things going on that you're trying to um, partake upon, and and sometimes you just have to stop. And I think we talked about that, Tamaria, the other day. You just have to stop and say, "I am life, and I have life inside of me that I'm responsible for." 
that I'm housing. You know, it's like when people come to your house and they're your guests, we kind of go over what we, we want to make sure that they're okay. We want to, you know, maybe cook what they they like and da 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 Well, is that is that times millions when you're carrying your child, when you are housing a little one. So sometimes you just have to stop, and if you're feeling moody, feel moody. If you're happy, be happy. If you want, maybe a bad example, but if you want chips, get chips. Maybe not eat the whole bag, maybe eat a few. But right. listen to your body and, and and don't compare. The last thing, don't compare in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And don't feel like you have to be anything or anybody or anywhere other than where you are comfortable. And I think if you would Amen. keep that in right, if you would keep that in sight and take care of yourself, um, because I saw Tamaria on one article the question was can 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 my baby feel when I'm stressed? And the answer was yes. Of course, it depends on what, uh, and I can't remember what trimester or what month they were talking about, but it was saying that, yes, a baby can feel the shift, the the, the difference in the body, because when, when you're stressed, of, of course, something happens in your body, the chemical imbalance and, and just things happen in your body when someone's stressed. And so, of course, um, a baby is going to feel that. But I've always thought about that and always have the, the one Big thing I thought about with stress and pregnancy is that women who came came up in a time of slavery who were pregnant, and how oh. I, like I just would wonder where babies from that time, you know, coming up um, under in, in a body that's stressed mentally, physically, and all of that. So that's so why I say women, you have to take care of yourself. You have to put yourself first, and if not yourself, then then the child within you, you know, put that child first. Um, because I do, and this will this will take it to a whole other show, but I do feel that it starts the emotional being and the emotional um, health of a person starts far before we think it does. And and I remember saying a few weeks mm-hmm. back that had I, knowing what I know now, um, and nothing for you expecting parents, I just would not, I, I I just would choose like I chose before, I didn't stick to it, to, to, to not because it's, you have, it's, it's a big responsibility. And that, and so right. for those of you, or thinking about being pregnant or pregnant now, work on you. Get yourself together. Be the best you that you can be to you and your 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 coming baby. Um, because from the time, I think from the time of conception, but from the time that little one says hello to the world, he's he or she is watching, look listening, feeling taking it all in, learning how to love, learning how to express emotions, learning how to say no, learning how to say yes. They are learning, and they're learning it all from you. 
So, I mean, out of all that we've said tonight, I mean, to take to take on the responsibility or to say yes to giving life, then you have to say yes to your life because that life is your life for a long time, if not forever. So, Samaria, um, I'll turn it over to you and share with us any other. We have the time, so, and uh, before she goes, remember, you guys, if you have a question or a comment or just want to add something to tonight's um, show or give women who may be expecting or, you know, have had a child, because, again, it doesn't stop uh, there. Actually, it starts another whole, I don't know what they call that, trimester, forever Mm -hmm. trimester, I guess. So, but the lines are open. So back over to you, Tamaria. I think you brought up a really great point. Um, And it's something that I know um, a friend of mine has shared. My sister-in-law has been great with regard to giving me advice. And just, you know, different people that I I speak with and some of my coworkers. And actually a coworker um, had written me a letter on Monday, and it was really sweet. Um, but it was interesting. What what she said is that when you take on the role of a mother, um, she said having a child completely changes everything. It changes the small stuff, like how you can't just run to the grocery store quietly or shower for very long, but it also changes the big stuff, your outlook on life, understanding what's truly important and makes you always put others first. And then she said you will be an amazing mom, and then the quote, um, on the the letter that she gave me said, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. And it's true because I talked to another friend of mine last week when I was feeling a little down, and she was like, you have to take care of you and that baby. She said, you know, there was a time where she really struggled um, just because she didn't realize she was stressed. And I know I'm someone who stresses out a lot. Um, and then just the impact that could have on you in terms of increasing your risk for stroke or heart, high blood pressure, whatever it is. But a lot of times, sometimes I don't think we know how stressed we are. And so she said, you have a responsibility to you and that baby. And she said, if you don't, your body will pretty much stop you eventually, but you don't want to get to that point where it's a negative thing, where your body, like, shuts down because you've just overloaded it with too much. Um, And I think that was a helpful reminder. So this weekend I took quite a bit of time for self-care, and that really helped, I think, lift my mood overall. So the massage that Rodney got for for our anniversary, I was so grateful for that prenatal massage because I realized I really needed it. But then on Sunday, I was like, okay, let me go get my hair done. Let me get my nails done. Like simple things just to break up the move. And so I wasn't so busy and focused on, okay, I got to do this. I got to do that. It was like, well, let me take a break because, like you said, the baby feels everything. And I was probably stressing the baby out. And my mom has been saying, I hope the baby doesn't come out with issues because you stressed out over there. And I'm like, I'm working on it. I'm working on just being, existing, and just enjoying pregnancy. Um, and I started to feel guilty because I felt like I did, I hadn't been really enjoying it because I have so many other things that have been going on that I think distracted me from 
really living in the moment and enjoying it because there's a lot of people who wish they could have kids and they can't. And then on top of that, you realize, too, that it is a miracle for anyone to get pregnant because it doesn't happen that easily. And I think sometimes you might have misconceptions depending on what your experience has been or what you've seen. I used to think it was easy for people to get pregnant, but it's really not. And so I also no. have to remember, too, like this is God's baby. This isn't my child. It's not, it's, it being, God allowed, God utilized me and Rodney to create the child, but it's his child. So he blessed us to be able to have this baby. So I'm just hoping that, like, my prayer is that she's okay, that the delivery will be smooth. I'm hoping I can have a 45-minute delivery, too, or, four, wait, 48 minutes. <laughs> I am hopeful. My coworker, um, his wife delivered their kids fast. She has three kids, and all of them came out so quick. And I'm like, man, I hope my baby come out that fast. And I don't need an epidural because they say you bounce back a lot quicker when you have the baby naturally. Um, and some people tell so me they don't feel a lot of pain. Is that what you're thinking about doing? What is your? We haven't talked about that. What What are you thinking about doing as far as natural birth or having the epidural? I would prefer natural if I could help. Like if I can deal with the pain, I would prefer natural. But I'm hopeful that maybe it won't be that much pain. Like my coworker, um, one of our executives uh, at my current company, she said she didn't even feel. She thought she had gas, and the baby came out. Like, she was never in pain. I was like, how is that possible? But she said she never had any pain. So she didn't need an epidural. And I think she may have had more than one child. And she said her recommendation is wait and see how how it goes because she was like, everyone is different, and every child that you have is different, so you just never know. So my goal will be to wait as long as I can to see if I can have the baby naturally because I noticed that people who do, they're up and around, like, moving, showering, everything the next day versus if you have an epidural where you're paralyzed from the waist down so you can't, at least temporarily, you can't do anything. Yeah. Because you don't feel anything. So I'm, like, I'm scared to try natural, but... Um, a friend of mine told me to say, I trust my body and I trust my baby. And that's what she used to tell herself every day. Um, Just to alleviate some of that fear. Um, And I said, you know what, that's good. I'm going to start saying that. Um, Because she said, if you're not mentally prepared when you go into the delivery room, that has a huge impact on delivery. And I was like, I could see that. But if you're prepared mentally, I think some stuff that's not so bad or some stuff that is bad, you can make it better. Um, And the other advice someone gave me was having somebody there to tell you when the contractions are coming because then you kind of can brace yourself for it Mm -hmm. and you you breathe and you're, you're staying calm versus getting worked up. So I was like, all good advice. And essentially... What they're saying is just like crush your body and allow to work how they're supposed to work. 
um, and don't get so worked up. But I know it's easier said than done because I'm like, no telling. I don't know how big the baby will be. I hope she'll be a decent size that can come out naturally and not cause too much damage. <laughs> I think that's a good point, just making sure um, that, you know, mentally, that, and, and, I, and I think that goes back to, you know, even with the social media, getting negativity out of your life, negative, negative things, negative people, just creating an atmosphere to where you can say, but at, or when you say, I trust my body, I trust my baby, that when you say those words, that your your outer world um, validates that. You know what I'm saying? So, because we can say things like that, but be be in, be amongst hell. You know what I'm saying? That you we can say that, but have right. a negative. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Even from and I know you you've experienced a little bit of this, but just just especially when you're working and all of that different energy. You know. Oh, so yes. <laughs> and I know you. you we have to work, so maybe then do better by at home, you know, putting on that music that helps your mind, even with what you watch. Because even without being pregnant, we are we are influenced. It's just no way not to not to be influenced by the things that we see, hear, um, think about, and so in order to kind of shift that. Then you 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 have to put before you um, better things and and before your right. ears as well. We have to listen, change what we listen to, um, not just the music, um, but like I said, people, the talk. Um, so instead of maybe, I know I used and not when I was pregnant, but Cracker Bear. I don't know if they still have this, but when I would travel especially by myself, I would love to get, you just go up and you check them out and you can put them in your your CD player and you can you can listen to a book or whatever the, your entire trip. So you've read a book, but it's, it's reading to you. You just hear it. Um, but just little things like that I think will help in great ways as well. You know, taking that little walk, sitting outside for a minute, um, just, Letting nature speak to you, I guess, and just hearing different things, seeing different things will make you feel differently and certainly think differently. And I think right. that will make it going into the delivery room, um, the more peace and the more the more at ease your body is, um, perhaps the better um, time you will have doing the process of having the baby, doing labor. So I would definitely agree with that. And I, and I think you bring up a good point about just life in general. It's so much stuff that, like to, that you start comparing and looking at, and a lot of the, the real housewives aren't real. But you see these people and you're thinking, this like this is what people want or this is what's expected of women or what have you and it's like it's really not the case. Like I, I know I think Tia Maori, one of the twins from Sister Sister, I think she just had a baby. One of them, either Tia or Tamara just had a baby and she posted a real picture of how she looked postpartum and somebody commented on the picture and said, 
thank you for posting a picture of showing what a real woman looks like because I'm tired of seeing all these women who've had work done making it seem like they were able to just lose this weight naturally. And some of them may be able to because I know breastfeeding, you can lose weight fairly quickly. But some people can't handle breastfeeding or sometimes the baby won't latch and it's outside of your control. But there's a lot of things I think social media has done to change people's views. And then some people are attacking other people because of a decision that they made or a decision they don't have a a choice but to make. So, like, I know people who tried to breastfeed, but they couldn't because the baby wouldn't latch. Or, like, just things like that. But then people are out here shaming folks because they don't breastfeed. And it's like, well, you don't know why they're not breastfeeding. Like, stop being so judgmental. Or the so-called snapback. Yeah, some people do snap back, but I'm pretty sure some of them aren't snapping back like it appears because now there's the mommy makeovers. And one of my coworkers at my current job, she indicated, uh, we were just talking last year, and she said her neighbor had a mommy makeover. Her neighbor is no longer here. She wanted to go in and have the surgery. She had had a few kids, and she wanted to do the breast lift, tummy tuck, like the and like they have the stretch mark removal as part of like the mommy makeover, like all that stuff, breast lift, and the lady ended up developing blood clots and she passed away, and I'm like, at what point like is it too much? And I feel like with social media and just TV, everything is just so many messages that we're being bombarded with that I think people lose sight of what's really important. Mm-hmm. And you just start looking for things that aren't even like you look at things that aren't important and you weigh them a lot heavier than you should. So like the fact that the the sister or the one of the twins had posted a picture of what she really looked like, she was like, "This is what I looked like five weeks postpartum," and she still looked like she was pregnant. And so mm-hmm. she she just wanted to post a real picture of what it of what she looks like. And then I know there's been a big push like women posting about breastfeeding. And I think you and Rodney talked about this on your show. Our society is so screwed up. They're okay with a woman dancing around with pasties on or celebrities wearing no, like pretty much showing everything except the, their nipple, and that's okay. But a woman breastfeeding is labeled disgusting. How is that disgusting when that's natural? Right, But they'll right, watch but... a TV show with somebody half-dressed or They'll they'll praise those women, but I, I don't. It's really weird, but I don't get it. But they talk about how disgusting breastfeeding is. Exactly. Yep. That exactly. But like like we and we did. We talked about that. How women will walk around with all you know the breast might as well be out. But if a woman goes and she's somewhere and and breastfeeding, then we have something to say. So we are we are a confused world uh, or a confused people in this world, and that's why, especially if you're pregnant, I would just I being in this time, if I if I was, I just think I would I'd be like the mom that said the the pregnant lady who says I'm not doing social media during this time, and I think for those of you who are listening, it's worth a try. You know, and Tamara, you have to come back and tell us whenever you do decide to do it, take that Saturday and Sunday and see how your week goes after that. Like, see what month, how do you feel Monday? Um, 
if you just kind of lived a simple life, simple but fulfilling life um, where you choose what you see and, and, and what you hear and just kind of see how that, if that changes your Monday morning or your Monday, you have to come back and let us know that because with with all the 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 all that I hear from women who are who are pregnant now, you know, it's it's a lot of fatigue. I mean, overly fatigued, and I just wonder if it has something to do with the mind being at its capacity, because the mind is a great thing, it really is, but even it has its process in the way that it processes, I guess what I'll say. Even it needs silence, you know, which is why we, we, we have to sleep. And so imagine if you're pregnant, you're not fully sleeping anyway, um, right? but you also have all this other stuff. So I, I just can't see where your body does not internally say, I'm tired, um, and your mind say, I'm tired, which which goes into your... Um, just your day to day, where you feel overly fatigued, and it starts in the starts in the mind, the mindset. So, you have to let us know what happens with that. Will do. I will say. I mean, I I had deleted the app the beginning of last week. Um, I just downloaded the um, the app again last night, but I had um, deleted the app completely, and I actually felt better. Because I like I didn't see anything, um, like I wasn't looking for stuff. I didn't see things about anything, so I think it was helpful. Okay. Um, okay. So I'll definitely plan on doing that again. So like this weekend, I wasn't on social media. I was help moving my stuff. I went and got my massage. I went and got my hair done. I went and got my nails done. I unpacked some more boxes, watched some TV, took a nap, had dinner. Like, I I did a lot of stuff this weekend. And even yesterday, um, I listened to sermons in lieu of social media. So I went to work. When I got off, I was like, okay, I'm going to go look for some shoes now that I can actually walk in regular shoes. Um, I've been trying to find some other shoes that I can wear um, with my feet. And I just walked through the store, and then I said, you know what, I want sushi. Obviously, I got a cook roll because I forgot to mention that, too. There are certain things you can't eat when you're pregnant. So I went and I got rolls that were cooked, and I had a salad and soup, and then I just sat there, and I, list, I was listening to, like, T.D. Jake while I was eating my dinner. But typically, I would have been playing a game on my phone or looking at social media, but because I didn't have the app downloaded until I got home last night. Like it was too much. It's too much work to try to do it from the Safari app or the Google app. So I literally just sat there and listened to something of listening, listened to sermons, and ate my food. And it was so peaceful. I felt just fine. And after I talked to Rodney last night, I went to sleep. Hmm. So I was, I mean, it was fine. Like, I will say I feel much better. Like, I even sound more like myself this week than I did last week. Last week, I was a, a hot mess, just being honest. I was struggling. <laughs> and and you do sound better. different. Like, even at the end of the week, you sound much different than you did. I think I talked to you, what, 
Thursday, maybe? Was it Thursday? Yes. Oh, Thursday, and and I was like still in, in hotness state. Yep, you sound like a totally different human being. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, oh. That's probably accurate. I was still a bit of a hot mess, and I was—I think I was nervous because of the four-hour gestational diabetes screen, which I do have a testimony about that for any woman that is pregnant. And so apparently a lot of women have a false negative on the one-hour test um, because they, they lower the cutoff just to make sure that your body is processing insulin correctly. But what was interesting is, my very first reading was high. Now, some things that can cause your blood sugar to be higher, of course, is obviously stress and things like that, too. And I was freaking out about this test. So the whole time I'm sitting in the waiting room, they take my blood initially, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hope I pass. I was thinking about it. When I got my results back, the first result was abnormal. Then when I came out of the back, um, because there were a lot of people in the waiting room, I had to shift seats. So I sat down next to the other lady who was there that was pregnant. And it was so funny because me and her talked for like the next two to three hours. All of my other results were normal. And I bet any amount of money that us talking, it helped calm us both down because we were both anxious about the test. We Like when you're sitting there and just by yourself, you have time to think about, the test and think about like the next time you have to go to the back and they draw your blood four times. I don't like needles. So naturally I'm sitting there like, okay, is the next one going to hurt? I hope the results aren't too high. Like thinking about all this stuff and I'm like, I should be relaxed right now, but I found it difficult to relax because I was worried about the test. And then when the two of us talked, I told her, I was like, God sent you here. Thank you for like chatting with me because her baby was doing like four weeks. But we literally just chatted and encouraged each other and laughed, and I bet it helped calm both of our nerves because by the time I got the four-hour result back, my blood sugar was like 77 um, milliliters of glucose per deciliter of blood, and the range, I think the normal range was like up to 130 or 140 or something, and mine had gotten all the way down to 77 in that time. Mm. So it it goes to show you like the the mind over matter. Um, right. Yeah, it was seventy seven after three hours, and the the normal range is sixty five to one thirty nine. So my blood sugar was fine. Like the rest of the three tests, it just kept going down, and I just thank God for that. But I was nervous one because I'm a little bit heavier, but then two. I think the nerves and the stress cause so many other symptoms that we don't even think about. I agree. Mind over matter. I mean, that's a good that's yeah. a good way to. Yeah, yeah. And you just we have to take control of our lives, pregnant or not. You guys just be mindful of what you see, what you hear. Take every thought captive. All of that, but it's. Especially if you're pregnant, you owe it to yourself and if not to yourself, to your baby. And if you're pregnant and you feel like, boy, there's some things I need to get together, do better, see better, whatever, 
start now or at least make a plan because from the time, from the time that little one um, hears your voice out, you know, in this world, sees your actions, feel your, your spirit, it matters. And you are shaping their world. So if this show is not about you, the expecting mother, let it be about the child um, entering into this world, a fallen world, altogether, you know, before the child gets here. So what you do um, helps shape, or, or I guess I should say helps the child, help change what that child sees and hears or bring about understanding. So regardless of where you are, who you think you are, who you think you're not, if you're expecting mother, then you owe it to yourself and to that child to um, bring it all together, bring it all together. So, Tamaria, it has been been great. Anything, any anything else you want to add, um, or that you don't, that you didn't get to bring up, that you've gone through, or that you friends that have gone through it. I would just say definitely be encouraged and um, in everything because it's easier said than done. Because I know I've been there, like battling um, depression or things that are are happening in your life and allowing stress to take over. Um, But believing the right report, that's that's probably what my final thought would be, is believing the right report, meaning the report of what you believe. So in my case, I believe in the Lord. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins um, and I do believe that the word says, whatever we ask in his his name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And it's true because you'll read reports that talk about the the high level of mortality rates for African-American women giving birth in comparison to other women and and actually minorities as well, Um, and then even their kids. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to claim any of that stuff in my life. Yes, I've read the reports. I probably need to stay off Google, which the first doctor I saw did tell me that. She was like, don't be online Googling stuff because you'll find a whole lot of things that will scare you. And she was right because my first inclination a lot of times is to look up things, but it's really focusing on whose report will I believe. Am I going to believe the world's report? Or am I going to believe that God has blessed us with this child and he's going to see it through to the end and we're going to be okay? So that's mm. what I need to believe because that will help the birth process probably be easier too rather than me dwelling on things that I really can't control and being scared about something. So I'm trying to work on, as you said, Tammy, taking every thought captive and trying to change my mindset. Um, so I've been trying to make a conscious effort because I feel like the first five months, because of life situations, I allowed those life situations to overshadow the blessing that we have. And this weekend, I heard a lot of sermons, and I felt like God sent me a lot of reminders of why I'm where I am, and also that if he was faithful before, he'll be faithful again. And 
like even the sermons I heard, it was funny. Uh, I was listening to one when I was leaving work the other day with uh, Pastor John Jenkins at First Baptist Glen Arden in Maryland, and he said, it's funny how we go through one situation, God sees us through it. We see a different situation because it's different. We say, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And he was like, well, I got you through the last one. It's the same thing. And so I just have to remember that, like, all the times God has shown me he is faithful. And this weekend it was so many reminders of his grace and his mercy, starting, you know, even on Thursday, like, just talking to the the lady. And even this past weekend, talking to my sister-in-law, like, that was such a blessing. And just, like, the little nuggets, like, people probably don't even realize the nuggets that they're dropping, but I'm hearing it and I'm seeing it as God sending those messages through people and allowing them to be used to glorify him. And also they were helping me at a time where I was really struggling. Monday at work, I cried. Tuesday at work, I cried. I cried when I was at home. I cried when I was at work. I cried in the car. I was like, this is crazy. Then my car broke down last week. It was just so much stuff going on, and we were moving. So I just I have to remember to believe the right report and believe and have faith for the things that God has done, and he showed, he showed me over the years that he's faithful. I just have to continue to believe that and not believe the reports that I see all around me. Oh, wow, Tamara, you're going to have us on here to 10 o'clock because um, that now, <laughs> that is so true. And you started out with the Take take Thoughts Captive. I know a few uh, last few shows, it's so important that we know that we are not what we think about those thoughts that come into your, and if you just really sit down and think about some of the things that you think about, it will make you say, what in the world, where did that come from, why am I thinking, (laughs) why why did that thought appear? So I've just come to the realization that I have no control over what I think, some of the things. Now, some things I purposely sit down and contemplate about, but... And, and it takes me back, and I talked about this on the show, I think a few weeks straight, um, about me having my moment as I was washing dishes and thinking about some things, and I thought, oh, my gosh, Tammy. Mm-hmm. But I had, I'm not, I am not what I think. I, I just am not. And, I, and it made me go to take every thought captive, and I thought, well, God must have known we were going to think, things were going to come about in our minds and in our heads that, that we need to take them captive. So why else would he put it, you know, in his in the Bible, make it part of the word? So I, that and that was a first for me. Where I just thought, you know what? I, I am not my thoughts. I am I am not those thoughts mm-hmm. that come to me um, before I know that they're there. And and then we just have to know that we're up against spiritual warfare that we fight not against flesh and flesh and blood but the the principalities the darkness the ruler of darkness of this world so you know you just have to be able to and i think what comes what helps us with that is just knowing who you are more importantly understanding who you are and accepting that, not accepting accepting those things that 
need to change, not being accepting that they will not change, but staying true to the process for that change. And we have, even in the, in the light of being pregnant, you know, we expect, we've come, we've come to expect this perfect world and perfect people. And therefore, we think that everything, and, and, and might I add that we are so self-centered and self-absorbed until we think that we're not supposed to go through anything, we're not supposed to have issues, and we're supposed to have this perfect life. So, yes, if I have supposed to have this perfect life, I'm going to have a perfect pregnancy, I'm going to have a perfect child, I'm going to have a perfect marriage, I'm going to have a perfect day every day, and that's just BS. That's BS. And especially if you are trying to live right, if if it, right. it if it's your it's your intention to transform your life, doesn't mean you're without sin or you're a perfect person, but your desire is to become better every day. Now, how you do it and how I do it is totally different. Because to Mary, I'll tell you for me, having Brandon changed my life. Did it change it instantly? Absolutely not. There were some things that instantly changed about my life, even just the way in which I looked at the world. So I say that to say I don't I don't look at a child here as a mistake. You know what I'm saying? And and it takes different right. things for people to be challenged to move to change some things in their life, and I tell you, if a baby doesn't do it, <laughs> if it, if a baby doesn't <laughs> wake a person up who's sleep, and when I say sleep, you know, I'm saying who's asleep in the world, and and I'm not saying there's any mother out there that is. I'm just saying because this is our topic tonight, that life happens, right. and God uses whatever He so pleases or He allows. Whatever he so pleases us to go through, for us to endure, for us to experience, to get a hold, get a hold of us. I mean, I truly believe that, and it's, it's still in knowing that is going through difficult, going through a pregnancy difficult. Absolutely, why wouldn't it be? But it's also beauty in right. that as well, as in everything, as in everything. You know, it takes the rain to get the rainbow. It takes day for us to have night, night for us to have day. You know, and it, you just have to get to know. I was telling someone today, you don't, they they were saying, you know, I feel bad because they prefer small women. And, and they were like, you know, it was talking like I really felt bad because, Someone else was was interested, I guess, and and was bigger. I said, like, "Why would you feel bad? Because there are there are men who like who I know some of them who prefer a plus size woman. Do you? But don't feel bad because everybody has what they like, and you you know if you know what you like, then that's what you pursue. You just let people be, and you let people do." And I think what what makes it so hard for people to do that is that not enough of us are doing that in our own lives. 
We're not taking care of business in our own lives. We're not making sure that we're okay emotionally. Uh, we're not making sure that we're growing. And, and when you do that, and now you got another life that you are responsible for coaching them towards that healthy emotional life, you know, teaching them how to say no, teaching them how to not 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 water down who they are, but to embrace it and to love the skin that they're in. And the way you do that is you do that. You take care of your emotional needs, you take care of yourself, you be happy. That to me is the best way. And I wish I had learned that lesson early on. Sometimes sometimes we do just the opposite. You know, we 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 make sure right. everybody else is okay, including that child. But you have to you have to make sure that you're whole, as whole, as healthy, emotionally, whatever, all the leaves, all, all of that. Um, and I think we've just been taught differently. And so this generational, I'll call it a generational curse, continues where we where people are coming up lacking so much but searching for so much more in this world will drive anybody insane. And so that if it so drives true. you insane, do the same for your baby. And the and then the baby now has to deal with some of the same issues that you dealt with because that's what he or she was able to see. And the longer you see it, the farther the deeper you go into it and the longer it, it takes well, potentially it could take the children to get out of it. So um, I'll just say to all my and, and to the fathers as well. I think we started out this way. You 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 guys have to be more more patient, more compassionate. Um, and I know I say understanding, and I know that may be a little bit difficult. But imagine, imagine if this was bestowed upon you. If you got if you were the ones that had the baby that you, your bodies change, imagine, just imagine, because, you know, that that we don't always have to go through things in order to just try to see ourselves in that situation. So, you right. know, understand that there are mood changes. There are, there's just seemingly, I just think that some women just experience a transformation so deep and beyond what can be put into words. Um, and I think, you know, all pregnant women may, may, I'll say all, but maybe at different times and in different ways and for for different lengths of time. You know, some may have it one trimester, some may have it one week. of, But, but I would say I bet all of them do have. And I think the world that we live in just does not make that any better, that it makes it more difficult for women to experience pregnancy in a healthy manner. So you have to be intentional about your process, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, um, and what your expectations of it is, and then be sure that you express your expectations to those people who are around you. And sometimes you just have to do that. 
pregnant or not. This this is where I am. This is where I'm going. And you don't have to support that, but you will respect that. And be okay with that. Not everybody is going to understand your pregnancy. Not everybody's going to understand your pickle drinking Tamaria. <laughs> Nobody's going to, you know, they're just not. And they either, they either rolling with you or they're not. There's no... I'm not rolling, you know, you, you, you pedal this way, but I'm pedaling this. No, you're going to get off the boat. You're going to get out. There's no, there's none of that. We just have to be okay with saying no and stopping stuff for the, for the, for the sake of the baby and yourself. Because you, there's no, because once you're pregnant, I don't think there's either or anymore. Because, again, you have to become healthy and move right along. So... Um, that is true. Yeah. And do we is. have any callers that um, we do? We have any callers? We actually do. Hey, so we're gonna go. Let's come in from three area code three three six. Last four digits six five one eight. You're on the air with us. Hello. Hey. Hi. Hello. How Hi. Are you? It's Shana. Hey, it's Shana. Samaria's sister-in-law. Hey, boo. Hi, Tina. Hey. How are you? <laughs> good. So I just How are you wanted going? to give you, I'm good. I just wanted to give you a little bit of advice. Um, I know, you know, you sometimes get depressed and stressed out a lot or whatever, which is normal, of course, normal part of pregnancy and just life itself. So um, one thing that helps me which I wish I would have had this a long time ago, but one thing that helps me is the serenity prayer. And reciting the serenity prayer over and over sometimes, especially when you get, you know, stressed or overwhelmed, like, you know, you feel like you want to take on this task, that task, this task, and you get overwhelmed. Um, I would just recite the serenity prayer because we are, we're people, with me and you, I think we're people that, we like to take on other people's problems or tasks or we, you know, tend to feel sorry for other people or just just in general take on other people's problems. And we can't always do that because we can't change it, even our own problems and our own situations. Um, sometimes I think we just need to sit back and just let God handle it because, I mean, it's already written, like he said. It's already written in. Before, you know, we get overwhelmed and frustrated and, you know, make the wrong choices or even, you know, jeopardize our health, I think it's best to just sit back sometimes and recite that serenity prayer over and over again until you start to feel calm, you know, and just realize, like, you know, I can't change everything. So let me just accept what I can't change, give it to God, and then, you know, give me the courage to change the things that I can. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, like, I think we should just probably, you know, recite that over and over again until you can just find some peace. I totally know that. And thank you. It's funny that you say that on a whole other level, the serenity prayer. I don't know. um, Do you read the... Do you read the entire Serenity Prayer, like the complete version? Water. So no, I just read that one part. Like I have, I have that one part um, because I get stressed a lot and I have anxiety. So um, when I feel myself like you know having about to have a panic attack or something like that because it's something that I'm thinking about or like my thoughts become like 
obsessive. I just read just that small part um, where it says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change yes. the things that I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I'm glad you bought and it up. Yeah, yeah. I remember that being like way back when that that was a big thing. Um, I don't hear it very much anymore, but ironically, about a month or so ago, um, Mm -hmm. a friend was sharing that with me, the prayer, but just sharing it in the light of there's so much more to it. And and we read the entire um, prayer and and even that part, I mean, it goes deeper, so... Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah. I might read it all before we get off the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, Maria? This, I mean, when I, when I say it helps, I can't even begin to tell you how much it really, really helps. I mean, just having it, like, at a desk. I don't know if you have, like, a desk or anything, but having it, you know, at a, at your desk is something that you, like, you don't even have to pull up on your phone. Like, if you just have it on your desk and you just look at it, even if you're having a good day and it just happens to be there, just reading that, it just makes it, it just makes it better. Another thing that I do um, sometimes at night, I put like one um, earphone in and I just go to like YouTube and listen to um, like calming music. Um, it, well, sounds, not like music people where people are like singing or anything, but it's kind of like um, mm-hmm. yoga. It's like um, maybe like rainfalls or something like that. You can actually use that for the baby as well, like calming music um, for the baby, just like raindrops or like waterfall. Um, there's one video where like if you find yourself getting really tense, you know, like say you're having a, a day where the baby, you know, is probably irritated all day and you just, you know, crying and you've just been back and forth, you know, trying to take care of the baby and then you finally get that minute you know, at night to kind of relax, to bring me down. I was just listening to um, some yoga music, and there's one guy, I have to figure out the uh, name of his channel, but he actually does talk, but he he talks in a way to help you calm down. So it's like from beginning to maybe like Hmm. the middle, he'll give you instructions on how to breathe, how to uh, change your breathing to to the point to where it kind of like relaxes your body. And then towards the middle, he'll kind of stop. He'll stop talking, and then the rest of the um, video, you'll just you'll just listen to like a bunch of calming sounds and stuff like that. And that works. That's work because I'm not a medicine taker, so I try to find holistic things to do just to you know try to help me um, calm down and stuff like that. Because my anxiety didn't start until I had um, a child. So I mean. You know, those are just things that help me. But definitely that serenity prayer. Definitely. I mean, the first lines of that prayer is just like, to me, it's just, it's it's self-explanatory because I am the type of person that, you know, I want to change everything. It's like, you know what? You can't. You have got to give it to God. You know, we come from a strong Christian family where they always say, you know, if you're going to worry, don't pray. And at first I didn't know what that meant, but I do understand, like, I mean, it's true. If you're going to worry, you know, why pray if you're going to worry? Just give it to God, you know, pray about it, give it to God, and just try to find find some peace and relax. And half of the time, the next day, I feel totally better. I feel like, okay, why, why was I stressed yesterday again? Like, for what? <laughs> so, I mean... Yeah, but that's what I that's what I do. I would definitely do something like that. 
Thank you. I'm going to start reading that every day. (laughs) It'll probably help me at work, too. So when crazy stuff happens, I can just be like, whatever. I can't change anything. Right. (laughs) Right, something uplifting, uplifting. Because most of the time, well, you know, I had a a, a something like that today happen, but, you know, somebody had to remind me that it's not always you. You know what I mean? Some people, you know, like like, um, I think Miss Tammy was saying earlier, like you can't compare your pregnancy and everything to, you know, other people's pregnancy because everybody's different, and that's 100% true. Everybody's different. So sometimes people will try to, I guess they'll tell you things or whatever, thinking that it's going to happen to you, and that's not necessarily true. So it's kind of like, you know, and then you'll start feeling like, oh, well, maybe that's probably going to happen to me because we're like the same age. And, you know, you start comparing, it's like, no, it, that's not you. That's them. That's their situation. So you got to take yourself out of that and just be like, you know, no, that's you. This is me, you know. And like you said, just give it to God and you'll be fine. Amen. Amen. <laughs> thank you, Boo. Jinx. <laughs> so You're thank welcome. You. And You're welcome. Guys, I'm going to, to Mary, if you don't have anything else, what I'd like to do since she brought that up, I think that's a great way to end because that is, um, that that is, and I, that's the second time I'm hearing that, you know, recently. <laughs> so I, I probably need to print it out and, and put it on my forehead for a while, too, because I am that way, too. <laughs> to kind of, I'm getting better, but I, I acknowledge that, that <laughs> that's, I mean, who you want to control, and at the end of the day, we can't. And I, I remember a friend telling me a long, long time ago, if you worry about something and it happens the way that you thought it was going to, then you worry for nothing. If it doesn't happen like you thought it was going to or turn out like you thought it was going to, you still worried for nothing because you, your mm-hmm. worry had control over it. It just took up yeah. your time, regardless of how it turns out, you've worried for nothing because your worrying yeah. did not change the outcome. It does not. Yep, that's so exactly right. It It is. So thank you so much. Um, Tamaria, do you have anything to add? If not, then I'll read this. And um, Or do you have it, do, do any one of you have it, the full the full version of it pulled up? If not, I do, and I can read it, um, but I was going to to yeah. you guys if you like I don't like have the it. full version pulled up. No. Okay. Okay. I don't, Mary, I don't have you, it pulled up either. Okay. Okay. Do you have anything else to add? Because if not, we'll end with that and um, go from there. Oh, no. I just want to say thank you. This was great. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Cool beans. All right. So I will, what did I just do to it? Let me go back because I messed it up there. Okay, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't, courage to change the things that I can, and wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. And even that one's different from the one that Mm -hmm. I read. 
try to find. But that one's great. Like even accepting hardship mm-hmm. as the pathway to peace. Mm-hmm. At trials yep. and tribulations as as our very own pathway to growth. And I think every bit of growth brings about its own peace. Because I've, I've mm-hmm. learned that my fight is with myself, not with anybody else. Like you said, it's not always you, but I understand that sometimes it is me. And and it's not always them, but I understand sometimes it is them. That's their That's their hardship. That's their own pathway to peace. And who am I to interfere with that by wanting them to be and do and say what I think they should? That's between them and God just as I want them to know that it's between me and, and my God as well. And so saying, bringing it back to our topic, your situation, we're, we, we are women, we we pregnant, we may all be pregnant and do the same day, but I guarantee you we will not have the same experience. We will, none mm-hmm. of us will have the exact same experience. So trust trust and like she said just ask God for the serenity to accept the things that you cannot change and if we realize it most things we cannot most things we cannot so this has been just wonderful wonderful great way to end it for sure mm-hmm. so Maria agreed bring our baby <laughs> home <laughs> yes <laughs> your due date is October what <laughs> October, what's your due date? Um, October 17th. Okay. All right. All right. I know so I have appreciate a... you, ladies. Thank you. Thank no, you again. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Well, well, if that's all, you guys, it has been a great show. As always, thank you for your support. We'll be back on next Tuesday, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, we hope that you will join us, and please share Butterfly Evolution with a family, friend, coworker, stranger, just share. So we thank you and have a great, great night. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs> so you see where you're going to be.